Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Fit and Lit podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Koenig, and I have a really fun one today. Um, We're going to talk about the five habits I no longer have. I'm not going to talk about how I broke them quite yet. We're going to save that for another one. But yeah, let's get started on... um, I got a lot to catch up on, catch you up on since last week. You also might notice that this has come out on a different day. Apparently, you guys all like to listen to this podcast on Thursdays at two. <laughs> so um, these are going to be coming out on Thursdays around noon. So that way you guys can have them fresh in your feed. I don't know. I was trying to think like, what's Thursdays at two? And I have no idea, but apparently, according to all of my analytics, that is the most popular time and the time that you guys listen to the most. So, all right, let's get started. Okay. On Sunday, me and my kids, I'm solo momming it this week. So, we had to drop my husband off at the airport. And while we were down there, I was like, let's go do some things that I have been wanting to do for a while. And we just never had a reason to. So while we were away from home, I wanted to go to the gentle barn in Santa Clarita. (laughs) And um, if you don't know, or if you've never heard of the gentle barn, the gentle barn is an animal sanctuary that takes animals that have either they're too old, too sick, or have been in like abuse or neglect situations. And the gentle barn takes them in, heals them up. And the ones that are still too sick or too like unhealthy to be adopted out again, they stay at the farm and they stay there until they pass naturally. So the whole point of the the gentle barn is to be gentle and loving towards animals. There's a big um, um, awareness or a big educational aspect to not eating animals or adopting a plant-based or vegan lifestyle. And um, man, I was like crying when the owner, I think her name is Ellie, when she was giving her a little spiel about how she opened the gentle barn and her plans for the future. And she gives us kind of a little talk about, you know, adopting a plant-based lifestyle and how it can actually help these animals. And I was like crying, like I've been a little emotional lately, but this is something that I've been so passionate about for a long time. Like I grew up loving animals, of course, you know, every kid does, but Along, like Ellie said, she never grew out of it. And, um, man, I was just, I was a mess during her talk. I was trying so hard not to like be bawling the whole time just because I connected so much with it. And seeing these animals was just, it was so, so cool. So basically it's like a petting zoo, only there's like so much respect and you're there to respect the animals and the animals are there, you know, to be around you and each animal. So there's like lots of turkeys and chickens and pigs and cows and sheep and goats. And what else? There's some, Oh, there was an emu. I'm missing something. Sheeps, goats, chickens, turkeys, um, pigs. Oh, there was a llama. There's so, There was two llamas. So these animals came from either situations where maybe they were in a petting zoo and that petting zoo was just a moneymaker and had absolutely no care in the world for the animals themselves. They just, you know, wanted money. So they weren't taken care of, um, which I'm guessing was the llama story. Anyway, okay. So all of these animals that were like in this big, like kind of like a petting zoo area, each had a docent. So they had somebody with them the whole time. Somebody that knew their mannerisms, somebody that knew their story. So when you go into this little area, you can walk up to a pig and there's a person and you always ask like, can I pet them? And they'll say, yes, they love it when you pet them behind their ears or they, they don't like their head touched, but you can touch their back or something like that. Or if the animal just isn't having it today, they'll just say not today, but you can definitely take a picture and observe her or something like that. And each animal had its own story. There was pigs that were that escaped 
from being Christmas dinner. There was three or four turkeys there that were supposed to be Thanksgiving dinner this year. And just seeing them like in my YouTube video for Vlogmas, you can go and watch. And there's a like these turkeys just come up to you and they just are really wanting love. Like I'm getting all emotional just talking about it. I don't there's something so magical about animals that people just disrespect so much and it makes me sad. Um, but they'll just like come and like lay their little ugly head on you or like literally give you a hug or put their like wings out. And, um, I got to hug this 3000 pound bull and he was so sweet and he like kind of hugged me back. Um, by that, I mean, he took his gigantic head and neck and like pushed it against me and just like held it there. And you can just feel the love. It's, it's so hard to explain. Um, and he almost pushed me over because he's 3000 pounds, but I was for it. I was like, I don't care if you push me down on the ground right now. Like this is like, it was so special. And I highly recommend, um, going and seeing these animals, um, be happy and, just kind of being aware, you know, of what you're eating because they are animals and they have feelings and you can just see it in their eyes that, you know, we don't eat our cats and dogs, but, you know, we see it in their eyes what they're feeling and we get to know them and they get to know us and it's just, it's beautiful. So um, anyway, then <laughs> we went to um, Bart's Books, which is in Ojai, California, and it is this huge, beautiful, like if you are a bibliophile, love to read, love books, just love appreciation for art. This place is so beautiful. It's like this huge, like huge, huge, huge outdoor bookstore. There's books lining every surface, every book you can possibly imagine, new books, old books, first signed edition of children's books from like the 60s and like 40s, like 1940s <laughs> in the 19th century, in the 1900s. 19th century would be 1800s, right? I'm sure there's books from them too, but there's just books everywhere. So beautiful. There were so many like really cute photo opportunities. I ended up getting three books. I wanted to buy more, but I didn't. And two of the books I had been wanting for a long time. So here's me justifying two more book purchases. I bought Black Sheep by, um, oh, oh my gosh, Rachel. Rachel. Oh, she wrote Cackle too. It's on the tip of my head, tip of my tongue. Um, Rachel Harrison. I have been wanting to read that book so bad. It is... Um, it's a horror. It's light horror. So it's like nothing too, too crazy. But basically, there's like a religious cult within the family and, you know, the black sheep, which I can relate to. I can relate to all of this, which is really, um, really why I wanted to read it. Um, she, you know, was a black sheep and she comes back to maybe reconcile with her family and um, things go awry from there. So <laughs> I'm so excited to read that one. So, so, so much. And the cover is just beautiful and I want it on my shelf. So whether or not I read it, which I really will, I really, really want to, um, it'll look beautiful on my shelf. But another book I got was How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. If you've heard me talk about books in any type of way, you know that I love some Grady Hendrix. His writing is phenomenal. Of course, this is a horror uh, novel. Grady Hendrix's writing style is so awesome. Like it's gory and gross and a little bit scary. The the concepts like are freaky. Um but it's comedic and it's so easy to read. And the humor is quick. Like if you're not reading it, knowing that it's a comedy, you're going to miss so many funny opportunities, like funny scenarios. Um, My favorite, favorite, favorite book of this year. Wait, we're still in 2023. Yeah. This year is um My Best Friend's Exorcism. Hands down. I was crying. I was gagging. I was like... Oh, it's so good. Such a great one. That one and Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. 10 out of 10. Loved every second of it. It's gross. It's fun. It's 
funny. It's just a really good time. So I'm really excited to read How to Sell a Haunted House. I've actually never read any haunted house books. So this will be my first one. I know a lot of people's complaints with How to Sell a Haunted House was like, oh, it's just like any other haunted house. But I haven't read any. So this will be my first one. So I'm plus it's Grady Hendrix. So I'm sure that it would be good. Um, I'm just going to take a drink of my liquid death here. I had my really cute hydro jug traveler, my hot pink one, because I'm wearing all hot pink today. I got my hot pink leggings on, my little Barbie scrunchie. Um, but we had a kid come to the studio today for a class. And, like He was seven months old and he found my water bottle because it's the best water bottle ever and everyone needs to get one. And he was like, "Ooh, what is this? Let me see. And he just like opened it and slobbered all over it. So I need to take that home to wash. But um that's another reason why I love my studio so much is like, if you need to bring your kids, like just bring them. This was um, someone's grandson. And um, she was like, I'm so sorry. Is he making noise? And we're like, no, like there was only four of us in here. We're like, it's fine. Like he's not, you know, in distress or anything. Like we all have kids or been around them. Like we are just glad that you're here. We don't really care if there's someone babbling in the corner. Like it was just a really good time. But so I got those two books and then I got, wow, I came back from that tangent pretty well. I'm proud of myself right now. I got this other book. I don't remember who it's by, but it's a children's um, graphic novel. It's called Auto, a palindrama. So everything that people say, so every blurb that's in each picture box is a palindrome, which means that the way you read it forward is the same way that you read it backwards. Like auto, for example, O-T-T-O. If you read it backwards, it's still O-T-T-O. Same with uh, the two that people are really familiar with is taco cat, T-A-C-O-C-A-T. It backwards is T-A-C-O-C-A-T. And race car, R-A-C-E-C-A-R. I'm spelling things wrong backwards is still race car. So the whole thing is, it's really funny. So I bought that um, for us to kind of read with the kids and they're just starting to learn to read. So it's kind of cool to be able to show them what a palindrome is. Plus, I just think it's really cute. And my son's name is Otto. So I had to, <laughs> I had to buy that one. Um, Vlogmas, there's a full um, tour of both The Gentle Barn and Bart's books on my Vlogmas. Um, so I'll link it down below. Um, I think it's called like a fun Sunday vlog. Man, I'm now that I teared up, my nose is starting to run. So if I'm sniffling, I'm so sorry. Blame um, the cows. But Vlogmas is going great. Um, again, there's a full tour of Bart's books and The Gentle Barn on there. Um, if you want to go watch it, like if you don't get to go to Bart's books, like please just watch the tour. It's absolutely freaking gorgeous. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, so Vlogmas is going good. I had plans today. I was going to go get my teeth whitened with this really cool, um, new technology that I've never tried. You can't really tell in this YouTube video, but my teeth are just like, I like coffee. And I like to, I used to like to drink wine and all those things, you know, stain your teeth. And just day to day, I used to also smoke. Oh, it's so gross. Don't ever smoke. It's so nasty. But um, all those things, you know, stain your teeth. I've tried different whitenings. I've tried um, strips or like toothpaste. And like, I mean, my teeth aren't like yellow, but I look at myself on camera all the time and I would just like to have very white teeth because I'm American. And in America, we want straight, big white teeth. <laughs> so I'm going to go do that. I want a giveaway. So, um, but she rescheduled me. Um, so I don't know what's going up today. I'm just happy that I am a day ahead. So even if I don't film today, maybe I'll do like a workout or something. Um, I'm still going to be on schedule. So that's really good. And speaking of being on schedule, this is my last week of my run program. This is week six for my fastest 5K. This is my last week of me sticking to a six-week program. Are you kidding me? Like, 
where where has this come from? Because the Bridget I knew last year, even earlier this year, couldn't have stuck to a six-week running program. One, because my back was in pain. Two, because I came up with so many freaking excuses. And three, I just would always find a way to get out of running. And now I'm in my final week of this 5K. Last week, if you've taken classes with me or, okay, I always say this, the last, the second to the last set or the second to the last of anything is usually the worst. There's something in our brain where our brain says, they're still too far to go. I can't do it. I can't make it to the end. So I'm just going to give up here. I'm almost there. I made it over the hump. So technically I'm almost there. Kind of like senioritis, which I've talked about before, or hump day Wednesday. Once Wednesday comes around, we kind of like shut off our brain, even though there's two more days to go. Same with running programs. Same with workout programs. Once you get, if it's a six-week program at week five, you're like, eh, I basically made it through. Like, no, you didn't. You're not done until you're done. So it has been quite a journey because on my fifth week, on that, you know, over the hump day that I made or made it through now, last week was so hard. I'm going to be honest. I did not complete each run as it was prescribed. I just could not find the energy. The mental capacity was just beyond me. My whole body was like shutting down. You can't tell now my skin is finally clearing up, but my skin was breaking out. I was bloated as a whale. Like I was feeling so down on myself. I was PMSing so bad. I talked about this, I believe, in the I'm getting all my like podcasts and Vlogmas stuff mixed up because I'm just talking so freaking much. But I basically have been feeling like shit. Um, but I still went out and I ran, even if I think one run I ran like less than a quarter of a mile and just walked. But the point is is I went out there and I I ran a little bit. I was planning on doing the run streak with um Lauren Glaze this month. And then I realized, wait, I'm doing a running program. I'm not going to mix these two. I signed up for this program. I'm going to stick to this program and practice what I preach. Stick with the program. Trust the process. Don't try to change your programs in and out and in and out and in and out, you know, as you want to because you get bored. Finish through. It's only six weeks. And um, I'm really proud of myself. I did that. It was hard because I was doing the run streak really good. And then I just, I felt bad that I didn't do it one day. And I felt like I was justifying leaving another program. But I was just staying true to myself and finishing off the six weeks. And look, here I am. On Sunday, I have my 5K. I'm excited like four time. My goal is to just do it under 30 minutes. I had a goal to run it at 9.15 pace, but honestly, I don't think that I can do it. I haven't been able to hit that pace um, significant or uh, consistently during my training. So my goal is to just get it under 30 minutes and I will be so happy, um, which will be a big step for me because uh, 5K is 3.1 miles. So that's just under 10 minutes per mile. Um, so I'll be happy with that. So I'll let you guys know next week how that run went. And if I am going to try to go further or just stick with a 5k um, time distance, <laughs> I do have a 10 mile planned, um, but that's not until Mar May, May in May, May 15th. That's my mom's birthday. <laughs> Hey, mom, happy birthday. Can you watch my kids? I'm going to go run. <laughs> but um, so that's what I have to look forward to. But again, you know, that's like five months away. So I got lots of time, but I might just stick with the shorter distances because of time. My runs have been between 30 and 45 minutes, and that is literally all that I can fit in. Same with going to the gym, 30 to 45 minutes in and out. No big deal. If you're like me and only have 30 to 45 minutes and things are just going all over the place, like you can't focus on this, having a hard time following a program, um, you're having a hard time drinking water, reminder to take a sip of any water you have. Let's go. Let's do this together. Go, go, go. Drink, drink, drink. 
Okay. If you're like me in any of these ways and you would love for someone to help you along your journey in 2024, I am your girl. I have been through it. I know what it's like to want to switch programs. You know, you get a couple weeks in, want to switch. I know what it's like to be like, man, I just wish somebody would, you know, be there to tell me like, what are you doing? You need to get up. You need to put your shoes on. Come on. What are you doing? Going to McDonald's for the fourth time this week. You know, like we all have, oh, I wish someone would just do this for me. Or I wish I knew what to do or oh, I want to go to the gym, but I don't know what to do. Or I want to go on a walk, but I don't have anyone to go with me. Or, you know, the list goes on and on and on. I have some really cool things coming in 2024. I'm going to have two different options with add-ons. So you're going to have a self-guided nutrition plan. You're going to have a work with me nutrition plan. And then you're also going to have add-ons for workouts, also guided and unguided. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, That's all I can really say right now. Because this is going to be starting all at the same time, it is going to be a little bit discounted, but it will also be a three-month commitment. The first month, you might not see very many changes. It's going to be a lot of education. Month two and three, that's when we're going to kick it up a notch where you're going to be able to implement everything you learned. And then we're going to have the option to extend it another three months for six months total, which I would recommend just doing the full six months because that's where you're going to see the most progress. Three months is a really short time. That's only 12 weeks. On average, my clients lose a pound a week if you're going for weight loss. Now, if we only start, you know, week or I'm sorry, month two and three, that's only eight weeks. So, um, and then, you know, of course we want to, um, keep it consistent. So we want to monitor you through the entire thing. My goal, again, I've said this before, my goal is to not work with you forever. I want to teach you everything that you know, everything that you need to know so that you can leave me and go and be on your merry way and just live a long, healthy life with your new muscle or your smaller, more healthier body that you feel more comfortable in, or even just gaining confidence. Um, I know a lot of people, there's some people who don't have any issues with their weight at all, whether it's gaining or losing, and they eat like crap. They might be on, you know, different medications because of, I don't know, high cholesterol or high blood pressure or whatever, whatever it is. Um, But they're eating like crap. So I'm here to teach you what to do in situations and balance your life so that you are not following a diet. You're not cutting things out of your diet. You're not doing any low carb or low fat or low protein or whatever, you know, whatever that you can stick with your eating forever. Like you can enjoy life. You can enjoy the holidays without feeling guilt. You can um, go to a friend's birthday party and, you know, enjoy it without feeling guilt or having to bring, you know, special food or anything like that. So if you are interested, stay tuned. Um, The emails and all of that should be going out soon. Um, And again, because we're all starting this together, It's going to be a little bit discounted, a little bit more affordable, although I do believe that my prices are, um, do they, they don't reflect what you get from them. Um, I do think I could be priced a little bit higher, but I want you all to be able to have access to it. So, um, just be, watch out for what's coming next. Okay. So we're going to get into the... Oh, no, hold on. I have one more thing to share. <laughs> I accidentally got cycle certified um, last week. And by accidentally, I mean, yes, like accidentally. And by cycle instructor, I mean like spin instructor, you know, like Peloton or like, you know, pedal those legs, ladies, let's go. All right. Like to the music. Yeah, I I accidentally did that. My goal was to um actually get certified, but I didn't know that I was taking the actual test. I passed it with a 90%, 
without having done any other studying um, because I believe that, um, you know, being a personal trainer and actually doing spin classes, you can learn a lot. And um, yeah, apparently it worked. Um, There was a lot of questions on there, you know, specifically about the bike that I felt really confident in answering. There was a lot of things about different muscles in your legs and hips and ankles and feet and all that stuff that I felt really confident about. There was a lot of terminology that I know. So it's not like I didn't know what I was doing and I just guessed. I actually knew the answers, but again, I didn't know I was taking the actual test. I thought that I was um, taking like a quiz, like a pre-assessment to know what I had to work on. So I took the little test online and um, it was like, you passed. And then it was just like, here's how you can, you know, get your your certificate. So then I got my certificate and I've been wanting to teach spin for a while, but again, I wasn't certified. And a lot of the times you have to be, um, quick, um, little side note. Did you know that you don't even have to be certified to personal train people and same with nutrition? You don't have to have any certificates to call yourself a nutritionist. Yeah. Just so you know. So when you follow people online that give out random programs or say like, you like my body, let me show you how I got it by my program. They might not even be certified for anything. Just be aware of that. When people share their what I eat in a days and they're literally just sharing what they eat, they are not certified in most cases. I am both, by the way. I am certified in nutrition. I am certified personal training. I am certified group instructor, a certified uh, cycle instructor. Um, and I actually like went to college for it, not just like, um, you know, online other than the cycle certification. But like, yeah, I actually like went to school for it. So I am qualified to teach you all of this stuff in case you were wondering. Um, Okay. But yeah, so now I can teach cycle and I might pick up a few classes because sometimes I just need like something different. I'm just here all the time teaching like the same classes over and over. And um, our Space Force base here is um, always in need of substitutes. So if I can jump in and teach something new every once in a while, might ignite my excitement for group classes. You know what I mean? All right. So now we're going to get into the five things, the five habits I no longer have. And a lot of these are not recent. So it might have been a habit I had like 10 years ago or five years ago, but I'm listing them because they are significant in my life now, or I still have to work on them, or um, they've just changed my life in some sort of way. I'm going to try my best to stay on topic and not get too deep because when I talk about these things, I tend to drift off into a land where it gets dark and deep and traumatic and I start crying and nobody's having a good time anymore. So I'm going to try to keep it quick, <laughs> but um, also serious talk here. Okay. So as you know, we come into, I know, I know, I've been talking about 2024 and like this, the new year is coming, right? The new year is coming. There's nothing we can do to stop time, okay? And every year, I hope, especially if you're listening to this, that you are trying to become better and better and better every year, every every day, every minute that you are trying to learn from your past mistakes, you are trying to teach treat people better. You're trying to learn something new every day, enjoy the day, et cetera, et cetera. But I really hope that, you know, um, these things, these habits, um, maybe one of them is something that you didn't realize you were doing, or maybe you were on the same boat, um, and that you've stopped doing these things too. So if you, if any of these resonate with you, leave a comment down below or send me a message on Instagram and let me know if anything, um, resonated with you or if you feel like you need to change things or, you know, whatever. So my first one is I stopped. This one is very recent, by the way, is I stopped treating myself every time I run an errand. You're probably laughing because you do this too. Oh, I'm going grocery shopping. Let me stop at Starbucks. Oh, I'm just went to Target. Let me pick up an energy drink a Nalani new energy drink from the drink section. Oh, let me get a new shirt because, you know, I just bought my kids all of their uh, school supplies. Oh, um, 
you, you know what I mean. The list goes on and on. Let me buy myself a little treat. Let me buy myself a little treat. Now, there's nothing wrong with treating yourself. We talk about self-care and treating yourself like all the time here. That's really what we're about. But if you are doing it every single time, we have that, what is it, like classical conditioning, like Pavlov's dog, like run an errand, get a treat. Run an errand, get a treat. Go grocery shopping, get a treat. And then it becomes a problem. What happens when the treats go away? Are you still going to run those errands? Are you still going to, you know, buy your kids clothes and not get yourself something? (laughs) But that's not where the problem lies. The problem lies is extra spending. This is, again, this is just me personally, okay? Extra spending. Every time I go to Starbucks, especially if I'm not by myself, it's like, okay, if I'm by myself, it's like, I don't know, let's say like $7 rounding up, $7. If I go with my kids, it's like $20. Every single time I go to the grocery store, like, no, thank you. Um, also, let's talk about in terms of like um, food-wise. If you're treating yourself with a drive through drink or maybe a snack like, um, I don't know, McDonald's fries or something, um, or for me, it's Burger King fries because I love me some Burger King fries, which I haven't had in a really long time. And now that sounds amazing. <laughs> but as far as like calories, so um, celebrations, anytime, anytime that something happens, Oh, let's go have a drink and celebrate. Oh, let's have a special meal. Let's go out to dinner and celebrate. Oh, let's go out to lunch and celebrate. Those things add up, like add up so much. And this is all just regular stuff that you're like supposed to do. You're supposed to um, go shopping. You're supposed to run errands. You're like you have to in order to survive, in order to grow. Like these celebrations are great. But like, let's think about um, talking to myself here. Let's talk about celebrating in a way that like maybe you don't spend $20. Maybe you uh, don't eat 2000 calories worth of food. Like let's do something that actually like nourishes you. Maybe like, um, I don't know, take a nice bath, go for a walk, go for a hike with your family. Like that's the kind of celebrations that I'm after now. And I'm really proud of that because I can, believe it or not, walk through Target without a Starbucks in my hand. It's possible. It's possible. I'm just saying, just saying. <laughs> um, okay. My next one, it sounds funny, but I'm dead serious. I stopped talking shit, talking shit about specifically about other people. So no shade to anyone, you know, that help like was in this with me like I was definitely in the wrong I had I could have changed at any point but I used to talk so much shit about people like that was how I um this one's not new by the way this is like um, I stopped maybe like five years ago I like really came to turn like whoa what am I doing like why am I doing that but I would like like that's how I would connect with people was like we would find someone and just talk shit about their hair, about how they did their makeup, what they were wearing, were they overweight? Because I was so obsessed with how people looked. I used to be so freaking obsessed obsessed with it because I was so, this is where I'm getting deep. I'm going to say this real quick. I was so down about myself that I would talk down on people just to make me feel better. Or I would have like a connection with somebody because we didn't like somebody else. And I was like, Once I realized that, like, I just, I didn't know, I didn't know any better. I like that, like I said, like my whole life, that's how I connected with people. I would, we would just talk about other people. And like someone said, I read like a quote and it like clicked. Like I was like, oh, okay, hold on. And it was like, I don't want to talk about other people. Or when I talk to somebody, I don't want to talk about other people. I want to talk about ideas and, um, I want to talk about ideas or something like that. Creative ideas. And I was like, wait, like, what do you even talk about? Like the Bible or like money? Like, what do you guys talk? Like, what do you talk about? And then I had like my first intellectual, like real conversation with somebody without judgment. And I was like, click. This is what they were talking about. And from that point on, I immediately recognized 
every single time I wanted to talk shit about somebody or just make a comment. And I'll notice like here and then like a comment will come up like, why does she do her hair like that? Like that does not suit her or like, oh my gosh, like her eyeliner, like she needs to work on that. Like I will like catch myself. It's very rare now, by the way, it's, it gets very, very rare that I even think that. Um, but I would catch myself like these little tiny, like things that would seem like they don't even matter or like that if I said it, like who cares, but like it does matter. And every single time you put someone else down, like you're not lifting yourself up. Like you just are making yourself a red flag. Now I'm super aware of it. And if I'm going to say something about somebody, it's going to be with love or compassion or talking them up to somebody else. If I'm going to talk to somebody else about somebody, it's going to be how they have improved me or how well they are doing. I will not talk crap about anybody. Like that is my my thing. Like venting to my therapist, venting to my husband, that's a little bit different, right? <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about solely making connections with other people because we're talking about someone else. Now I've noticed that the more positivity you put into something, the more positivity will come back to you. And supporting women instead of talking down on them has done nothing but change my life for the better. Like, look around me. Like, we are in a women's freaking studio right now. Imagine if every woman that came in, I just started talking shit about the other girls. Like, we would not have a healthy place. Like, it would be so toxic. And I'm going to say right now, I used to be toxic as fuck, man. Like, I don't blame anyone, I don't know, like six years past. Anyone who had a relationship with me six years ago, I am so sorry. Like, that girl had no boundaries. Um, and all she did was talk shit. And if I talk shit about you, I am genuinely so sorry. I didn't know any better and I'm doing better now. So <sighs> there's a lot of honking going on outside. I hope there's not a, oh, okay. There's a whole bunch of trucks and they all have um, the, is it a Mexican flag? Uh, oh yeah is today a special day or something there's like a bunch of cars and they all have like the big mexican flag and they're just honking 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 but you probably can't hear it on the microphone so but anyway that's why i was a little bit distracted moving on number three drinking alcohol i used to love going out love partying from the time I was like 16. I was like going to parties, getting drunk, doing my little dance thing, waking up because my legs were so freaking sore because I was just dancing the night away, having anxiety attacks, panic attacks, waking up in someone else's bed. I was like not remembering what I said the night before. My skin was so broken out. I was dehydrated. I hated myself, but hey, I was drinking alcohol. I was getting down to the music with my horrible dance moves. And uh, talking to people that I probably shouldn't have been hanging out with. Um, all of all of the things. And um, I don't I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> I it will be four months alcohol free in 2024. Um, and it's the best thing that I have ever done. The best thing. And I call it a habit because every social situation every celebration, every time you go out to dinner, there's alcohol involved. In mommy culture, you have, you know, um, mommy juice. Um, so when you sit down at the end of the night after putting your kids to bed, drinking a glass of wine or having a beer or whatever, um, it becomes a habit. Dad comes home, cracks open a beer. That's a habit. Mom comes home. Um, mom starts getting ready to go out, uh, drinks a glass of wine. That's a habit. Having trouble sleeping at night, drink a glass of wine. That's a habit. Um, so that is why this is in this category. I've talked about this before and I will not stop talking about how much not drinking alcohol has changed my life. I was thinking about this on my run, which I also talk about in my vlogmas a little bit about how I would not be where I am if I still drank alcohol. Even if I had control, 
So the reason I gave it up completely is because I have no control. If I have one drink, I'm going to have six. I'm going to get blackout drunk. I'm not just going to get like, I'm not just going to drink a glass of wine because it tastes good. Like I'm going to drink to get drunk. <laughs> um, so that's why I stopped completely because I can't stop if I have just one, like a potato chip. You can't just have just one potato chip. You have to have like a whole bunch. That's me with alcohol. And um, I say a lot of stupid shit. So and I'd start talking shit about people and all of my horrible assets come out. Okay. But anyway, so I was thinking on my run, I was like, even if, even if I was able to control myself, if I, you know, wanted to go wine tasting with my friends, if I, you know, had a glass of wine at dinner, um, these are all the things that, you know, would happen. So if I went out with my friends to go wine tasting and, you know, we're all drinking wine, who's going to drive? Who's going to come pick me up? Yes, there's Uber, but like not in our little town. There's not always an Uber available. If I asked my husband to come pick me up because he will not be there because then our kids would be there. And I will not drink in front of my kids. As someone who grew up with an alcoholic parent, I will not drink in front of my kids, even if I did drink. So my husband would have kids because we don't have much family around here, which means if he wanted to come pick me up, he would have to get the kids in the car. So they would have to stop what they're doing to come pick me up. Therefore, they would be around me, whether I'm tipsy or drunk or whatever. They would see me acting like that. They would remember Dad made me stop playing my game. Dad made me stop uh, playing with my Legos. Dad made me stop playing with the neighbors to get in the car to come pick mom up. How selfish of her. That's how I would feel anyway. My husband would probably be annoyed because he had to stay home with the kids while I was out having fun, getting drunk, and now he has to take care of me. Now, the next morning, I wake up. I'm super dehydrated. I can't do anything. Therefore, I put a lot of... Um, I'm ignoring my kids because I'm in bed. I'm not the best mom that I can be. I feel like crap. My husband, therefore, has to, you know, pull in the reins a little bit and um, not pull in the reins. What's the word? He would have more responsibility because I am out of it and not feeling good. Um, I would not be able to work out that day because I would be dehydrated. Even if I did work out, I wouldn't be feeling my best. My skin would probably break out, therefore making me feel like shit again. And there's just like, there's no, there's no like benefit other than a little bit of a feeling of being drunk. And like, that's, that's it. I don't like being around people who are drunk. So like, I didn't even like being around myself, but like, if I went out with these friends, would they take what I say seriously? Would they just, you know, think that everything that I'm saying is because I'm drunk? And same with me. Everything that my friends are telling me, are they just saying these things because they were drunk? Will they remember telling me these things? The conversation is not like there's no depth to it. And for me, I'm somebody who I love deep conversation. I love, like I said, I don't talk shit about people. So I love talking about ideas and, you know, goals and, you know, what's happening in the world. That's what I like talking about. Having deep conversations while you're drunk is near impossible <laughs> and um it just does me like it just does me a disservice if I were to drink at all so um yeah that was a little longer than I expected but I am so freaking glad that I no longer have the habit of drinking alcohol next um telling myself that I can't or having the must be nice mentality now, I grew up hearing must be nice all over. Everyone, like most grownups I was around, that's what I would hear, uh, whether it be in my family or not. Um, must be nice. Oh, yeah, so-and-so got a new car. Oh, must be nice that they can afford it. Or, oh, um, so, you know, so-and-so went to on vacation last week. Oh, well, that must be nice to be able to take time off work. Oh, um you know, so-and-so got married. Oh, must be nice. Like, okay. Um, 
it's kind of like um like backhanded almost but it's also telling yourself that you can't so and so lost um you know 20 pounds and gained their life back and now they're stronger than ever and oh and they're training to run a marathon oh must be nice that they have time to do that like um no first of all you are discrediting all of their hard work by saying it's just must be nice it's nice that they get to be able to do that it's discrediting all of their work that they put to get there. And two, it's showing you internally, whether it's happening in your brain or not, that that is not possible for you. Saying that you can't do anything or do what someone else did is limiting you. It's doing nothing. Again, I'm talking to my, about myself, okay? But when I say you, like if this applies to you, that, that's okay too. But when you say things like that, like it it limits you so much, Um whether it's subconsciously or like you are realizing it, it's limiting what you can do and what you're, you know, setting yourself up for. So instead of saying I can't, because whether or not you say you can or you can't, you are right. You believe whatever you put in your head. So by saying you can't, again, you're limiting yourself so much. Change everything that you can to or everything that you would say that you can't to, I'll find a way. I'll find a way. And that's how I've been kind of um, living lately is like, if I run into an obstacle, whether it's financial, whether it's mental, whether it's, you know, having to do with a kid situation, whether it's having to do with a business situation, I'll find a way. I'll find a way and I'll make it work. Sometimes I have to jump into these things knowing nothing. I'm going to use this podcast as, a, as an example because this is exactly what I did. I just jumped right into it. I was like, I'll find a way to make it happen. Sometimes figuring it out on the way as you're doing it is what you have to do. If you spend all of your time planning, you're never going to start. So just start, find a way, and yes, you can. If you have a will, you have a way. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. But if you have a will to do something, you will find a way to do it. And that's it. That's all it is. If there's something that you really want to do, you'll find a way to do it. And the last thing, this one's a little bit deep, but I'm going to try to keep it short, is thinking that I have to do everything alone. So growing up, I was technically I had kind of like um I have a very complicated situation I have a sister that's 11 years older than me and then I have a bunch of like half or um stepsisters and brothers but at home in my main home with my mom I was technically like an only child a lot of things I did alone and um, I remember always thinking that I wish I had like a little brother or sister to play with like I always remember that but I did a lot of things alone and I also grew up um, I'm, I'm not talking about like just childhood I'm talking about like growing up as in like young adult kind of stuff alone and um, I kind of learned to just do everything on my own like I'm the one I was like what do you call it hyper independent um I could do everything right um you know I couldn't wait for someone else to do something for me if I ask now this is like sometimes when I struggle with with my husband is like if I'm like hey can you please um I don't know I'm gonna use the example take out the trash and it doesn't get done and like you know like that first hour like that I asked you I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna do it because you didn't do it and sometimes it's out of spite and sometimes that like out of spite um like just be I asked you to do it and you didn't do it fine I'll do it like it kind of um it makes it reinforces the thing the fact that I think that I'm alone and when it comes to like business or just life in general with kids being a parent Asking for help from people who respect um, your ways, of course. Um, don't ask for help for people who constantly disrespect you. Um, but um, leaning on family and friends and um, your spouse um, to help you with anything. It doesn't have to be something physical like taking out the trash. It could be something like um, 
this has been something that I've actually just recently um, kind of started doing is like, if you need a hug, like sometimes you can't always, you know, hug yourself out of a situation. Sometimes you need an actual hug and asking for a hug um, is asking someone for help and um, just learning to do things not alone is really, really hard. Um, sometimes, you know, people can say no. If you ask for help, they're allowed to say no. And the same for you. Like if somebody asks you for help, you don't always have to say yes. Um, you don't always have to do anything alone. Um, again, asking for help, someone is always able to decline and just hearing no sometimes can reinforce, like, see, that's where I should have done it myself in the first place. Um, which is something that I've been working through, but just know and think that like, you're not alone. And that has been something that I have been really working on and a thought process that I've been constantly working through. This is a new one for me too. Um, it, this one and the, uh, treating myself with every time I run an errand, these are both the new ones. Um, but I just thought I'd share those things with you. Um, as we come into the new year, maybe there are some of Maybe you do some of these habits um, and you want to break them too. Um, if you want to talk about it, I'm here to talk about it because I love talking about ideas. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's talk about it. Let's, um, you know, tell me what you're struggling with and um, we can validate each other. So um, anyway, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for joining me again. If you've listened to the whole thing and you're on YouTube, leave me a little pig emoji um, so that I know that you've reached this far. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to podcasts, um, make sure to give us a little rating and give us, give me a little rating. And of course, go follow me on Instagram at Bridget.Koenig. Um, for health and fitness stuff and just for random memes and funny stuff and behind the scenes of my life, go follow at only.if.we.vibe, only if we vibe with periods in between. Um, make sure to like and subscribe and comment and do all the things because it really helps me out as a small creator, especially in these beginning stages. So I hope you all have a great week. Have a happy rest of your Thursday, um, Friday and weekend. And I will see you next week or you will hear from me next week. Bye.